Welcome to Conversations. In this series, we talk with Heath Mulliken from the Heath Mulliken Project podcast about goal setting. Heath was incredibly vulnerable in this series as we broke down his goals, what worked, and what didn't. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Heath Mulliken Project, where we want to help you discover your purpose, your passion, and your possibilities. This goal setting series is brought to you by the pros at Second Chair Solutions. Whether it's coaching services, consulting, or outsourcing, Second Chair provides solutions to problems big or small. Visit us at www.secondchair.solutions. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Heath Mulligan Project. I am your host, Heath Mulligan, and I want to uh, invite or whatever. I want to welcome, that's the word I'm looking for. I want to welcome my good friend, Tim Kirkpatrick. Uh, to the podcast. If you've been with us, we've been in this series. This whole season is going through the book, Your Best Year Ever by Michael Hyatt. There is a link to that book in the show notes. It comes with our highest recommendation. There's also a link there uh, to another product that Tim's been using called the Full Focus Planner. Um, And really, if you read any of my, all of Michael Hyatt's resources are designed to be used with the Full Focus Planner. And so it's a it's a great tool. It's a great resource. Uh, Tim, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Doing well. It's been a, a good couple couple weeks. Um, like you, November, December are exciting times for me. I, I was uh, the last couple of days of the year planning out my my year, and then I've slowly crept that into December, and actually now into November, started thinking about it a little bit more, trying to trying to get a jump start. And actually uh, what I really like to do is I, if I have habit goals that I want to do in January and February, I'll actually start them in December mm-hmm. because usually after about three weeks, I want to wind down and not do them anymore. Yep. And then that excitement of the new year, like usually it's like that adrenaline pump that I need to, to kind of keep those things going. So I love it. I love talking about it. Um, uh, fortunate enough to be able to to coach several pastors and leaders and business owners uh, through goal setting, even though I'm not a complete expert myself, um, but have been able to see so many amazing journeys as well. And a lot of it starts with what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So Your Best Year Ever is a book that lists the, a five-step plan for achieving your most important goals. Today, we're talking about step four which is find your why. Each of these steps has three chapters and then an action plan. The three chapters uh, in this step are your what needs a why. Number two, you can master your own motivation. And number three, the journey is better with friends. Uh, Tim, I know you've um, mentioned Simon Sinek and, you know, his, his great, man, just his great stuff, you know, start with why. What is, uh, how has this looked in your life to find, find your way, but also find your why? So that find your way, find your why that, that comes from a quote in the book that he attributes, Michael High attributes to his wife, uh, it says you lose your way when you lose your why, mm-hmm. um, Donald Miller's big thing, which comes from Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, is that when a person has purpose, when they understand their why, they can overcome any what. 
that comes their way. And I'll be honest, uh, Heath, it was 2015 when I went through the Victor Frankel, uh, Donald Miller course um, about like, what is your purpose? And it was a lot of going back and looking at the positive and negative turns in my life, all this stuff, but really honing down and understanding that my purpose, specifically Tim Kirkpatrick, my purpose is to help others do what God's called them to do, mm. period. Yeah. I've added to that. And if they don't know what that is, to help them find out what that is so that they can do what God's called them to do. I come alive when that happens. Yeah. Um, the sun is on my face and the wind is at my back. And uh, I was at a tough time in ministry, it was a tough time in my career, it was a tough time in my family. Um, not the worst times I've ever had, but they were they were lonely, almost depressing times because I did not have a purpose and everybody else around me knew it. But once I honed in on that, once I grabbed a hold of that, my circumstance didn't change. My family didn't change. My friends didn't change, but my perspective changed and that changed everything else. And Heath, you and I have been through the ringer, not necessarily with each other, but in our personal lives since 2015, when I went through that, I mean, stuff just, I mean, obviously with you, you've talked about Karen and your family, but uh, me just some deep family issues with, with foster care, um, career changes, you know, leaving uh, churches and, and cities that I loved and um, starting new things and new ventures and just things that were unexpected. And I'm telling you, I would not be able to have managed, handled that mm. one without God's grace and two without knowing that God's got a purpose for me. And I know what that purpose is. Yeah. It's not some pie in the sky thing. I know specifically what that purpose is. And so having that kind of heartbeat and baseline really does um, help me do no matter what I'm doing. If I am doing it from the perspective of helping other people do what God's called them to do, I can come alive in doing that. And, um, and that's really helped me in the why departments, helping in the motivation department. And it's also helped me when I've told my other friends about that, of including them in my life on that, and then just kind of being guides and, and buffers through that. That's that's good stuff. So through that process, I mean, one of his uh, steps is um, mastering your own motivation. So even after you discovered your purpose, there you know, when you first discover that, I mean, you wake up, there's, there's a spring in your step, there's a sense of joy, but what do you do on those days when you're just not feeling it? Yeah. I mean, that's a good point because that happens to everybody. Right. And I will say away from goals for a second, just, just being a person and just living. And as a person that had and probably still, you know, depression can come on real quick. I am not a morning person. Keith, you mentioned in the last episode, waking up at 515 every day. Um, I do not wake up at 515 every day. Uh, I, if I wake up at 515, it's because I have to be on the road at 516 in the morning. 
um, to, to go somewhere. I, I just, I am not, I do not wake up and think it's going to be an amazing day. That's not my natural right. bent when I wake up in the world. Um, however, if it wasn't until I discovered that purpose that I can feel the, I'm not, something's not right. Mm. And I can feel that very quickly. Yeah. And, um, and so I start to ask myself, how can I, in this situation, help somebody else? Mm. And because I don't want to feel the way that I feel and the best way for, for me personally, not to feel the way I had for 35 years of my life is to get outside of myself and help somebody else. And that could be my five-year-old. Mm-hmm. It could be my wife. It could be somebody in the workplace. Um, it could, it could be a, a number of things, but I am at my best when I'm helping other people. And when I am not at my best, I immediately say, am I helping other people or not? Because mm-hmm. it's usually where I've, I've kind of fallen off the wagon for myself is when I've stopped helping people or stopped focus of helping other people. And, and I'll be honest, Heath, sometimes I have to, you know, we talk about second chair solutions as my organization. And I love that second chair seat, not in the spotlight, um, the one helping behind the scenes. Keith, sometimes I'm second chair myself. I've had to kind of have an alter ego to say, hey, Tim, if you were helping yourself, what would you do here? <laughs> okay, like, like let's help you as well as, as helping other people. Uh, and he closes with, that the journey is better, better with friends. You and I both, I think are better when we're, like you said, when we're helping other people, my, you know, my life purpose kind of goes really along with yours. I want to help people discover their purpose, their passion and the possibilities. And, but the journey really is better with friends. What, what did Michael Hyatt mean uh, by that? And what does that look like in your life? Um, you know, I don't know if I completely understand what he means with that, because I think it does mean something different for everybody. Yeah. Okay. I think everybody needs, uh, you know, my church called it a spiritual family. Now there's a lot of like sometimes spiritual abuse that goes along with it. Um, what we always said is if you didn't have a solid family, there's nothing better than spiritual family. Right. But, um, but if you have a great family, that's, that's awesome. But even as you become adults, like your family comes in and goes, and by that, I mean, your extended family, people pass away, people move on, people move away. Your kids can grow up and go away, you know, all these things. And I think it's great if you can be adult friends with all those people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some family members in our lives that we're adult friends with, and it's a huge joy. And it's a huge relief. Um, but also my acquaintance circle has gotten much larger mm. and my friend circle has gotten much smaller. Right. And, um, and I even talk about it. I have, I have close friends. You're obviously one of those. And then I even have like a personal board of directors that is five people that are friends of mine um, and, and one family member who basically any major decision I run things by all these goals that I'm going to go through, I'll run them by them. And uh, they just help provide perspective to my life. Um, but it, they're also people to celebrate with it. Here's the thing. If you achieve a goal 
and you don't have anyone to celebrate with, like, what's the point? Right. And there's that great, I wouldn't say it's a great movie, but it's a great scene in For Love of the Game with Kevin Costner. And so he's retiring and he pitches a perfect game in his last game. And he goes up to his hotel room after dragging his drunk catcher to his hotel room, goes to his hotel room and sits down alone. No wife, no kid, no one to celebrate with. And he breaks down weeping. It's the greatest moment of his career. Yeah. And he has no one to celebrate with. Yeah. Because of the life that he had lived. And I think that's just a, it's an incredible visual of, man, all your goals, all your best laid plans of mice and men are only so good if you have people that you can celebrate with mm. along the way. Right. You know, you think about it when, and this all, the whole book ties in together, but like when you change your mindset and you, and you really take on a mindset of serving others as Christ did, then as you're going through this whole process and you're finding your why and you're setting goals and you're doing all that, the Holy Spirit helps you take all that into account where you're not stepping all over people to achieve your goals and to achieve your success. Because what's the point of all that? You know, if you've hurt people, to achieve your goals, then it's not worth it. Um, right. And I, now I'm very much a people person, love being around people. And I love being around people. I love celebrating other people's wins as much as I celebrate mine. And I didn't have, like I said, on paper, it says I didn't meet any of my goals this year. I didn't raise my income the the amount that I wanted to. I did not finish my book. I did not. But that, but I had a lot of friends that met a lot of goals and did a lot of great things. And so I celebrate with them and I, you know, I take the joy uh, of that. Um, Hyatt lays out the action plan, uh, connect with your why, master your motivation and build your team. So let's, Let's talk about that. You, you talked about acquaintances and friends. For somebody who's listening to this, and maybe they're like, man, I don't really know who my people are, who my team is. What are some things that they should look for in the people they're going to surround themselves with? Um, yes, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, one, they're usually already in your life. I mean, maybe they're not. Maybe uh, you know, you need to pray that God would introduce you to some people, you know, but a lot of times these people are already in your life. You just haven't taken that deeper step with them to either ask them for help or, or ask them to be part of your life, or maybe just at least initiate, um, you know, part of that. Um, I think the other thing is just saying, who, who do I want to be in my life in 25, 30, 40 years? Uh, so when I'm breaking down, down my goals for the year, I'll break them into three parts. And Michael Hyde talks about the life score, which is great. You know, the avocational and vocational and relational and parent, you know, all that stuff. I, I break mine down into three personal, relational, and professional. So personal is all about me. All right. That's where you get your diet in there. That may be where, you know, um, the reading plan might be in there. It's all about bettering Tim Kirkpatrick. 
The second one is relational, and that's where it's family and friends, the people that I want to have in my life and the people I want to be in their lives um, are the people that I am really trying to pour into. I made a conscious effort um, three years ago to not travel as much. I love traveling. I love the travel lifestyle. I love staying in hotels. I love the rental cars. I love the airports and I love the food. I like traveling around meeting people. And I realized we have, we have, um, uh, adopted two girls, um, from Haiti, amazing girls. Uh, they were five when they came to the United States. And I realized when they were eight and a half that I had spent about six months of nights in their life, eight and a half years old. And I'd spent about six months of, of their life with them. And, uh, I just, it's a gamble because the thought process is I'm going to work and I'm going to grind and I'm going to make it enough. And then when they're teenagers and in high school, I'll be able to come to all their games and pick them up from school and all that stuff. Except when I was a teenager, I didn't want to be around my parents Mm, during that time. And so I said, okay, I probably have four years left with them, three and a half, four years left with them. Yeah. So from eight and a half to 13, I'm going to make a concerted effort to be home five nights a week, at least COVID really helped out on that, Uh but I'm, I'm going to make a concerted effort to be home five nights a week. I'll take them to school, pick them up, like whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, that that's been a habit and an achievement goal, but it's long-term because I want to be friends with my daughters when they're 30 years old Yeah, and I don't want them to be estranged from me. And we have a great relationship. I'm not saying that's perfect. It's like I said, it's still a gamble, but that was, that was a goal. And then professional. And honestly, it's, it's three, maybe four big professional goals a year. When I first started this out, all my goals were professional goals. I had nothing about me personally. I had nothing about my family. Right. Um, and I get that the personal relational professional from Benjamin Franklin, who said, you know, healthy, wealthy, and wise. And I think healthy is just who you are as a person. Wealthy is obviously your profession and wise. I think you're only as wise as the friends that are in your life. That's good. Good stuff. Again, step four is, is finding your way. It's a lot about finding your why. It's a lot about um, who you're going to take on the journey with you. I'm very grateful to have Tim along on this journey with me. Hey, we would lear- uh, love to hear from you again. There is a Facebook group, the Heath Mulligan Project. Let us know what's your why. Like maybe uh, in part of this process, you're coming up with like a mission statement or a vision statement from your uh, for your life. Maybe you know, as, as Tim said, his his you know his purpose is to help other people find their purpose. And what is your thing um, that you can that you can celebrate? What is the what is your north star? The thing that you uh, that every day focuses on. Uh, we would love to help you find that. Again, there are links in the show notes to Michael Hyatt's book, Your Best Year Ever, and also the Full Focus Planner. One more episode where everything kind of comes together. Uh, So we're excited to share this with you. We would love your thoughts. We'd love your reviews on this whole series. But stick around. Tim and I will be back with episode five 
and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Heath Mulliken Project, where we want to help you discover your purpose, your passion, and your possibilities. This goal-setting series is brought to you by the pros at Second Chair Solutions. Whether it's coaching services, consulting, or outsourcing, Second Chair provides solutions to problems big or small. Visit us at www.secondchair.solutions. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Conversations Podcast. We would love to hear from you, topics that you want us to cover, or maybe even come on the podcast and talk with us about. Thanks and have a great day.